0: I want to begin today our sermon um, by telling you a story. Then after the story, I'm going to explain why I'm telling you the story, okay? So one Sunday, and this was a while back, right after church, um, I had to go to another church as a representative for for our organization. Um, That church was having some congregational difficulties, and I had to go there as a representative. You never want to go as the representative, right, to a meeting, because that means there's probably not good things going on at the meeting. But I had to go to that meeting as a district representative, Um, and um, the church had been going through some difficult times. The pastor was kind of dismissed, and there were some difficult things, and and so we were trying to help that church walk through the situation, and the meeting we had um, about what was all going on was a long meeting Sunday Sunday afternoon. The church board sat at a a table up in the front of the sanctuary, and they did a phenomenal job of, of answering questions that the church family had, and at times it got emotional. Um, and it was, you know, it was one of those things. that was, it was hard to go through this meeting. And I was asked as the presbyter for our area if I would, at the end, I had to kind of make sure things went well, and at the end, give some concluding remarks and then pray for the congregation. And so, at the end of the this many hour long meeting, um, I went up to the front of the church and I stood right next to the table. So I wasn't up on a platform. I stood next to the table um, where the leaders were all sitting. And um, when I, I went up there, I just felt there was a certain scripture I should share, so I shared the scripture. And then I began to share some things I felt like I should share. I started with, with just some ideas that I felt impressed to say um, that had been going on, and I would have been involved in the church. I knew what was going on and, and talking about it. And as I began to speak and say these things, I'm standing on the ground down here, um, one of the leaders at the table, who's one of the leaders of the church, starts crying and so I'm like, okay, his emotional starts crying. And, and as I continue on, this gentleman starts crying more. And eventually, he's like sobbing. And so it was, it was noticeable, and I didn't want to embarrass the gentleman. So I walked away from the table, and I came up on the platform, and I started talking, just to kind of put some distance between me and that gentleman. I didn't want to draw attention to him. He's crying. And so after service, I'm kind of thinking, what's going on? And so me and this gentleman uh, get together. We, he approaches me. We start talking, and, and he tells me what had happened at the end of the meeting. And he had a piece of paper in his hand. And um, in his hand, I, and I didn't see the paper, but he had, had written down, and he, and he told me, he said that during the meeting, in this in again, many hours-long meeting, he kept thinking there were certain things that needed to be said in the meeting to maybe correct some things, straighten some things out. Some truth had to be exposed and told. And he began to write them down on a piece of paper. But he said each time that he felt, okay, this needs to be said, he felt in his heart the Holy Spirit was saying to him, don't you say that. It's not for you to say. So at the end of the meeting, he's sitting there and he's, he's frustrated because he's writing these things down in a list that he needs, needs believes his church needs to hear. Um, what's what, the truth, but no one's saying it. And he wanted to say that when I then got up and I began to speak at the end of the meeting, that the very first thing I said was the very first thing on his list. And then the second thing I said was the second thing on his list. And the third thing I said was the third thing on his list. And, and he said, he had written it, he said, and the fourth thing I said was the fourth thing. And it went on to fifth and sixth. And he said, it was kind of funny. He said, he goes, well, you skipped number nine. And then you said number 10. Now, I have no list. I'm just standing up there sharing the things that I think I'm supposed to do. but I thought it was funny. You skipped number nine, but you, 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 you said number 10. So we said, we talked, said, what, you know, what do we think God is saying to us through this as we, we talked about it after service? And, and we concluded that, number one, those things had to be said, that it wasn't that person's place. It was probably the right thing for some other outside person to come in and say those things um, that needed to be said. And also, God was showing us that he was present and that he was in control because the situation of that church at that time, it felt very much out of control. There were things going on and the people were upset. And, but that God was in control and that God did have a plan and God was working out his plan. So it gave us this incredible sense of confidence in God being involved in the affairs of that church life, of our lives, our ability to hear. It just gives us a great confidence. Now, You say, cool story, Pastor Mark, why in the world are you telling it to us? The reason that, let me say this, the reason I didn't tell you the story is to somehow say, well, you know what, Pastor Mark hears from God, or that guy hears from God. That's not at all the point of the story. Well, the reason I tell you the story is to give you a very real example of the topic that we are going to be covering this week as we continue on with the series we're calling Follow. And if you're visiting with us, you might say, what's that all about? Well, we just, we just concluded a, a six-week time leading up to Easter, and Easter was what we called the day one. And part of in that six weeks of preparation, we introduced a material called Follow, which are the seven attributes of a, tr- of a Christ follower. And it's material we've taught people how to use so that they can take a friend and walk through the material and get them going on a journey with Jesus. And so we decided after... After day one, which was Easter, we would then take the next seven weeks and we would look at the seven different attributes of a Christ follower, one each Sunday um, in church. And last week we talked about the first one, and, which was just learning to be with Jesus. And this week, the topic is learning to listen to God. Learning to listen to God. See, the hero of the story that I just told about that other church is God. He's the hero of the story. He did something amazing. He spoke to two people who didn't really, and there was never a sense in my life where I was like, like God showed him and said, say these 10 things. I was at nine. Say these 10 things to this church in here. It was just in my, my I just knew that those were things that I was supposed to say. Somehow, and the other gentleman, remember, he was frustrated. Like, this has to be said. And God's going, not for you, keep your mouth shut, not for you. So he was hearing that, he knew the things that God was speaking to him, don't say it. See, God is, is miraculous. God is amazing. God spoke to me, God spoke to his other gentleman, that God was present and was in control and was able to communicate to his followers. Friends, in a world that says you're crazy if you hear voices... I'm telling you, God still speaks to his children. It might not be a voice. That wasn't a voice to me. It was something internal. I just knew what I had to say. But I also knew it was God. And what we want to spend our time thinking about today is that God still speaks to his people and that we need to know that God still speaks. And we're going to talk about some ways we can figure out if God is speaking. See, in the Gospel of John... It records Jesus saying this, John 8, 47 says this, He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. He who belongs to God hears what God says. In in another place, Jesus said it like this, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. They know it's him speaking. The point is this, God does speak and those who belong to him who are his followers are able to hear him and to know what he is saying and friends, we can learn to listen to God in our lives and then follow what he has to say. Now when Jesus said that those who belong to God hear his voice and those who don't um, belong to him don't hear his voice, Jesus is actually using that in a very negative situation um, right there in the story. He'd been talking to a bunch of religious leaders, and they didn't believe what he'd been saying about himself. They didn't believe that he was the son of God. And in fact, it says they wanted to kill him. So Jesus says basically this. He said, if you really knew God the Father, then you would believe what I'm saying because you would hear what I'm saying. You would hear my voice. But because they didn't believe what he was saying, he's saying this, you clearly, it's not about me. He said, clearly you don't know God the Father. He's saying you don't know what he means by it. He says you don't have a real relationship with God. And this is what I'm hoping we really get today. That God does speak to his people and God will speak to you and me if and when we are in a true relationship with him. And I believe he wants to speak to us and I believe he wants us to learn how to listen to what he has to say to us because it's how he invites us into his activity in our lives. You know, I think the most important thing in helping us learn to listen to what God says in our lives is simply this. To simply believe. To believe and know that God is really speaking to us in 2023. God still speaks. Friends, you don't need to be a pastor to hear God speak. You don't have to be getting ordained tonight, Pastor Mitch, at our district summit. You don't need to be a missionary that travels across salt water to another country in order to hear God speaks. What the scripture says here is, if you belong to God, then he speaks to you. A wonderful Christian author by the name of Henry Blackaby um, one of my heroes of the faith. Henry Blackaby's a Southern Baptist man that another Southern Baptist pastor told me. Henry Blackaby single-handedly reintroduced the Holy Spirit to the Southern Baptist Convention. The biggest evangelical organization in America, Henry Blackaby, a Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist preacher, he said he, he through, his, through his teaching, literally made an entire group of American Christians say, you know what, the Holy Spirit's still doing things in our life. And a group that kind of theologically was, had some issues with that. This wonderful man, Henry Blackaby, makes this great statement in his book entitled Experiencing God. Matter of fact, how many of you have done experiencing God in the past? A bunch of us. It's always been one of the foundational books we've used in our, in our adult discipleship plan. Um, but in that book, he makes a wonderful statement. And in our follow book, the author quotes Henry Blackaby. That's why I'm bringing it out. And follow, he quotes Henry Blackaby about God speaking. And he says this. This is what Henry Blackaby says. God speaks by the Holy Spirit. Through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. God speaks by the Holy Spirit. That's how God speaks. He uses the Bible, prayer, circumstances in our lives, and the church, other people, to reveal what he's he speaking about. Reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways, the way he does stuff. These are the ways we learn to hear from God. And a really important thing to take away from this statement, it's all important, but I think the thing I want to zoom in on, focus in on today, is that how does God speak? That God speaks by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that is doing the speaking, and the Holy Spirit uses the Bible and he uses your prayer, talking to God, and he uses circumstances in your life. And he used, so the circumstance we had, me and this gentleman in church, that we had, that we had the circumstance, we knew God was speaking because of the circumstance. And God uses the church, other people that are, that are following Jesus in this process. But in all of that, the, the one who is speaking is the Holy Spirit. So friends, when you come into a saving relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit is the one who does the saving, the regenerating, the giving you the new life. The Holy Spirit is in you and he speaks to you. That's what happened at that church meeting that day that I told you about. The Holy Spirit was speaking to both me and the other gentlemen and leading me to say what he had written down on his piece of paper. We both knew that we were hearing the voice of the Spirit speaking to us. Now here's the deal, it wasn't audible, but, but we believed the Spirit was bringing thoughts. I just knew these thoughts that were coming to my mind. God was saying these things need to be said for the good of that congregation, the good of that family. In John 16, Jesus speaks to it like this, this idea about the Holy Spirit speaking. In John 16, verses 13 to 14, he says this, He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me, to Jesus, by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. It's the Holy Spirit is the one that speaks, that's revealing truth to us. Clearly, that is what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit is the one who speaks. Now, there's no formula here. There's no formula for you to know how to hear the Holy Spirit's voice. You know, on that day at that church meeting, I I just knew somehow that God was directing me in what I should say. And friends, the ability to know what the Spirit is saying to you comes as a result of one important thing. A real, present relationship with God that your ability to hear from God all begins, it all starts and flows out of a living relationship with the Lord. As you allow Jesus to be the center of your life, as you spend time in his word, the Bible as Blackaby said, as you spend time sitting and listening and talking to him, that's what? That's prayer. And as you interact with others in the, that know Jesus, which what? Is the church. You will begin to learn the voice of the Lord. You will recognize those thoughts that come from him. And sometimes they're just thoughts and sometimes they're, they're maybe not for everybody, but sometimes they're even, they almost seem audible. Let me tell you about a story. I'm going to date myself here, okay? But it's okay. I just had my last birthday that starts with five on Thursday. <laughs> the last birthday that starts with five. Okay, Next one starts with six. Many, many years ago, I was in, in Bible college. Now, when I went to Bible college, it was my first year of Bible college. And some of you, this name means nothing. Some of you go, that means a lot. I attended Jimmy Swaggart Bible College in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Believe me when I tell you this, because I went to all kinds of schools to check it out. It was the absolute best university in America because that ministry purchased the best professors from the whole world. Literally bought the best professors and in a couple years built the best college and they underwrote 75% of your education. It was phenomenal. The the cafeteria was like a five-star restaurant. It's like, oh, do I want... Crawfish étouffée today, or do I want the blackened bass, sea bass? Oh, seriously, that's what it was like. It was phenomenal, and it was dirt cheap, and the best professors in the world. So all that to say, I'm there. I'm a student. I'm from Wisconsin. You know, I'm young. I go there, get in my car, drive to Louisiana. Never been to Louisiana in life. Don't know a soul in the world, you know, except to start going to college. And I'm there, and I'm working, I'm going to school. And one day, I go to work, and I come home from work. I worked in a print shop. That was my old career. Worked in a print shop. And the, the, the campus was on two sides of a large four-lane four highway called Blue Bonnet Avenue. But it was four lanes, you know, two lanes each way, boulevard in the middle. and a big, it, So the campus had built huge walking bridges over the top of, the, of Blue Bonnet Drive. You're Louisiana. You know what I'm talking about? You've been there. And um, I'm walking across, and it was Christmas time. Now, here's the thing about Jimmy Swagger. He did everything big. And the, de- the campus was huge, hundreds of acres, and it was decorated, the entire thing was decorated in white Christmas lights. Millions, millions of white Christmas lights out there. Millions. And I'm walking across, it's dark outside, and I look at the lights, and as clear as a bell, a voice speaks to me and says, as Solomon with his women in building projects fell, so would Jimmy Swaggart fall. Pray for Jimmy Swaggart. It was so real, I turned around, and I said, who's talking to me? And there's nobody there. It's so real that I go to my dorm room and I made two phone calls. I called my girlfriend in Wisconsin and I called the pastor who's now the pastor in West Bend, somebody's got church in West Bend, my friend Jerry, who was my friend, and I said, I just heard the audible voice of God. Well, then a couple weeks later, when he showed up on Dateline with Ted Koppel. Some of you don't know who Ted Koppel is or what Dateline is. But um, he was interviewed and it came exposed that he was involved in immorality and it all crashed and burned. People were going, it's not true. And I stood there in front of all these students. I said, wrong, it's true, (laughs) happened. (laughs) Don't believe the lies because the institution tried to convince people it didn't really happen. And I said, nope, not true, it happened. (laughs) God told me before it happened. Here's the deal. That was the only time in my life. The only time, and why that time? I don't know. That God, like I heard this voice that I turned on, like where in the world is this voice coming from? Maybe you've had an experience like that. But I'd say this, that's not how God usually speaks. Normally, we just learn to hear his voice in a way that as you're, you're, you're going through life and a thought comes to your head, And you recognize that didn't just originate with me. Where did that thought come from? And we begin to learn through the experience of walking with the Lord, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that, oh, that must be the voice of the Lord. Because this is what happens. When you hear the voice of the Lord in your heart, and then you act on that... What happens is you will learn as you act on it, and people say things like this. You act on it like this. So God tells me, I'm just sitting there doing my work, and all of a sudden I feel like you should call Debbie Osland. Well, I'm not planning on calling Debbie Osland, so I call Debbie Osland on the phone and I say, Debbie, I don't know, God, I feel like i you How did you know? This didn't really happen, okay? How did you know to call me? This just happened in our life. I was going to call you. How did you know? And you, all of a sudden you go, Oh wow, that was really God talking to me. So God's trying to teach you through experience, so you need to act on those things. And then you learn, oh my goodness, that was really the Lord speaking to me. Now here's the deal. That seems really subjective, right? We don't like subjective. We like, here's the three ways you know that God is doing this. No, it's very subjective. It can be. But if it was any other way, we would boil it down to a formula so we could just figure it out. And if we boiled it down to a formula, friends, we would then leave out the most important thing in the equation, which is the relationship with God. We would skip the one thing that God wants most from us, which is us. He wants a relationship with us. So he doesn't give us formulas. He says, hang out with me, spend time in my word, pray, talk to me, look at the things God's doing, are going on in your life, spend time with other people who know me, and in those situations, you will learn that you feel directed to do certain things, and as you do those things, then the people go, how did you know that? How did you know to call? How did you know this? How did you know I needed this money that when you gave it to me? How did you know? We had a situation a little while ago in church where we have a ministry in our church called Passion for Pastors. It's part of our Kingdom Builders, which is all our resources that go to advancing the kingdom in any way across the street around the world. Part of that is, is Passion for Pastors, and you guys have, over the years, generously given to that, where we feel led to help pastors. And most of all the pastors we help are not part of our fellowship of churches. They're not part of our organization at all. And it was a little while ago where, where um, I went to bitch, I was just sitting in the middle of the day, and I felt like the Lord said to me, give this particular pastor a check, like this much, it was $1,000. Give him a check today. And I went to Mitch, like, can you write me a check right now? <laughs> Mitch is always so great. I can interrupt him in the middle of anything. And I always tell you, he turns in his chair and he smiles at me. How may I help you? <laughs> Inside he's going, stop bugging me. Is what I think he's thinking. But no, I said, no, like, I need it now. Give me a check. I call the person up and I say, hey, would you stop by the church? And they're like, uh, yeah, I can't. I come back, I can't. I said, can I meet you somewhere? I can't guy's being evasive. Something's going on. What's going on? I finally said, I need to see you for five minutes today. He says, well, I'll come to the church right now. He comes to the church. He walks in. I had a whole staff waiting for him. And I said, God told us to give you this today. And I give him this check. And he starts, breaks down, sobbing. And he says, how did you know to do this? I'm like, what? Why? He goes, my wife was in the hospital last night with with a diabetic issue, and we literally spent the last dollar we have um, on her medicine. He said, we have 49 cents in our checkbook. And he said, and we need to leave here because they're having some real situational problems in their life. We got to head out of town to take, I got to take her to her family in another state. And we don't even have a dollar. We don't have a dime. We had 49 cents to put gas in our car. He sobbing. He goes, how did you know that? Like, here's the deal. It wasn't like I'm like... Oh, God walked up to me and told me. I just learned. I'm in the middle of whatever, doing it. it's like this thought. Give this guy a check for that much. And I'm like, oh. And I've learned. When you have that thought, stop what you're doing, interrupt Mitch, and say, Mitch, I don't care what you're doing, write me out a check. Okay. And here's the deal. It's not just me. You all have these stories. I said earlier, you don't to be a pastor, you don't to be a missionary, but I would say this. A lot of us feel like God doesn't talk because we have those instances in our life, but we don't ever act on them. And if you don't ever act on them, you don't ever have the validation that then says to you, that was God. That the person doesn't go, how did you know? And you go, I didn't really know. I just had this belief I was supposed to do this. Because the the situation on the bridge, it would be really nice if every time God just said, you're walking, and all of a sudden there's this voice that says, pray for this person, do this. That'd be so much easier. But God, I think, in that situation, knew I had to have that because I would have probably been twisted around in my belief system because I was like, there was a term for us back then, swaggerites. You know, it's like we didn't. It was a derogatory term, but it was like, man, I was going to follow this guy. I was a brand new believer. I was going to follow this guy, and uh, then I learned, eh, follow Jesus. <laughs> Don't follow people. <laughs> follow Jesus. But here's the deal: God in that situation had to be just. I think maybe He had been speaking before I wasn't hearing need to be like, stop me in my tracks and go, listen, you need to hear me. But most of the time, it's just a still, small voice that speaks into your soul. You see, and it comes from the relationship. If God gave us just, here's the three ways, you know, call me on the phone, do this, I'd tell you, we would skip the relationship. We wouldn't sit with him in prayer. We wouldn't spend time in his word. And then we'd, we'd, we'd lack the relationship. And he's saying, I'm not, I'm not so interested in talking to you as I'm interested in being with you. So it's about the relationship. It all flows from the relationship. Now, kind of one more thought then. So although hearing the Holy Spirit flows out of the relationship, which means it's subjective, Scripture does teach us that when he speaks to us, we can know it is from God, and we can be clear in understanding what he's asking us to do or what he's saying to us. And I want you to think about a Bible situation with this that just makes it really clear. Think about the story in the Bible about Noah and the ark. God, it says in Scripture, spoke to Noah, and he told him that Noah knew it was God speaking, although he didn't have anything. He didn't have a Bible. He didn't have all the revelation we have. There was no Jesus yet on the scene to, to be the revelation of God to humankind. No, but he knows somehow God speaks to him And God says, you're supposed to build an ark. And he's so convinced he's supposed to build an ark that Noah spends the next 100 years of his life building a boat in a place that had never seen rain. The earth had never had rain. He only did that for one reason. He knew what to do. And he was was convinced it was God and knew what to do because God had clearly communicated to him. So he clearly understood what God had said. So what did he do? He built an ark, a large boat. You know what he didn't build? A zoo. You could have just said, oh, God said gather all the animals together. He doesn't know what's next. Oh, God, get this thing to collect all the animals. And so he built a zoo. No, he knew what God was saying so clearly that he built something that had never existed before instead of doing something that would seem probably more sensible. It would have been more sensible just to build a zoo. But when that first drop of rain came, that zoo wouldn't have done any good. You see, when God spoke, Noah knew it was God, and he was clear about what God had said to him. Friends, God does still speak to us in that way. Now, like Noah, it probably wasn't every single day. We don't have any, illust- any expansive uh, illustrations in Scripture that God spoke to Noah again over the 100 years about that situation. We don't know. Maybe he did, but we don't know. But God, here's the deal. When somebody's every day telling me, well, God said, God said, I'm usually like, ah, spooky, you know, (laughs) maybe not. But the deal is, especially like you're hearing audible voices, but the thing is, God does speak, and when he speaks, we can be clear about what he's saying to us. Friends, and here's why it's so important. When we hear from God, And we then, because God, when he's talking to us, sometimes he's talking to us just to encourage us. A lot of times through his word, he'll speak to encourage you. But a lot of times he's speaking to us. The illustrations I've given you today are all about God inviting me, because I'm using me, into his activity, into what he's doing, into his mission. And here's what I know. More can be accomplished in five minutes when I'm following the voice of the Lord than a lifetime of just doing what I think is a good idea. So hearing from God is essential. It's essential to learn to listen to God. How's the worship team join me this morning? Church, God wants to clearly communicate to each of us. It's why the Holy Spirit dwells within us. It's why... He gave us this word. You know what I read this morning? It's a statistic that only 6% of Americans say what this book says has an effect on their daily lives. 94% of Americans say that this book has no effect on their daily lives. You want to learn to hear from God? This is his book to us. It's how he speaks to us. The Holy Spirit makes it alive to us. And we back to see the Holy Spirit speaks through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances, and through the church. Here's my challenge. The next time you're in the grocery store line and this thought just comes to you, pay for the groceries of the person in front of you. Because that thought comes to you, what's probably going to happen, is that person's going to go, how in the world did you know? I'm literally using this credit card. I'm broke. I, lost, I just lost my job. And they're going to how do you know? And you'll go, because you know what? Jesus loves you that much. And he just wants you to know he's here for you. So next time that, that happens, just respond. The next time um, you're going about your business and suddenly just some, out of the clear blue, some person's, you know, name comes in, you should you should Call Bill. Call Bill. Hey, you should have Sally and Jim over for dinner. Have Sally and Jim over for dinner. When that thought comes to you, act on it. What you're going to find out is they're going to, Sally and Jim are going to sit down and go, man, we didn't, we're didn't. we just having a really tough time, and how did you know to call us? Well, you know what? I didn't know anything, but the Holy Spirit who loves you did, does. The next time you're reading the Scripture, and something just kind of grabs you, it jumps out at you, And you feel like God is just speaking to you. He is. Choose to obey what he's saying through his word in your life. We together will discover that the Holy Spirit is speaking to us far more than we realize. I'm going to end today by reading you a note that was left by a visitor after church a while ago. And it shows just how important it is for all of us not pastors, not missionaries. All of us to listen to the voice of God. This is a note left at church. It says, "When I came to church last week, I had no food in my refrigerator and no money to buy any. The donuts at church were our our breakfast. It was that person and their children's breakfast? I gave our need to the Lord and told Him." I left it all up to him to take care of us and supply our next meal. After church, someone came up to me, they didn't even know who they were, came up to me and handed me, like this, a wad of cash. Maybe a good reason to carry cash instead of just a credit card. A wad of cash. They told me this was from God. When I counted it, I just cried with thankfulness. It was enough to buy food for the week and gas in the car for me to get to work. Our God supplies. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, we have a motto around here where people who care. That's our motto. This is what people who care looks like. Being directed by God. But you can't be directed if you don't learn to listen. Being directed by God to just partner in Him in the things that He's doing. You know, someone heard God speak to them on that day and joined God in ministry. And here's the deal. Both parties experienced the divine in that situation. The person who was, had the need experienced the divine, God. And the person who gave experienced the divine, God, because they're like, oh my goodness, I really heard from God. I gave this person, I'm not sure how much is in a wad, but a wad, I think it's like that much. A wad. Gave them a wad. They said they gave that wad of cash away. I'm sure there was something when they went from here to here. They went, that's my wad of cash. That could buy some. They could buy a new fishing rod. That could buy something fun. But I heard God, I'm going to give you this wad of cash they experienced God in that. Something far more meaningful than anything that that wad of cash could have ever purchased for them that would just eventually break and fizzle away. They experienced God. It's how we experience the reality of the Lord. Here's my question for each of us today in this place. What's God been speaking to you? Maybe as I'm talking, there's things you're like, you know what, I've had this thought for a week now. I'm supposed to reach out to that person. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to give that. I'm supposed to seek forgiveness from that person. Whatever it might be. My best advice to you as your pastor is just learn to listen and obey. Here's one thing. We can listen, but are we going to obey? Listening is a lot easier than obeying. But obeying is where we build, where we discover It's in the obeying where we discover the reality of God being involved in our life. And that's when life makes all the difference. Does that make sense? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you're still speaking to us. You speak by the Holy Spirit through the Word of God, through prayer, through circumstances so we can know who you are we can know you more we can know your ways we can discover the life you want us to live thank you you haven't left us all alone you haven't just said I'm just going to leave you Figure it figured out on your own but instead you said if we'll have a relationship with you we'll actually live in your reality in your presence that you will speak to us And Lord, I pray for each one of us. Would you help us? This week, help us. Help me. Help us. Because Lord, I know this. A lot of times our lives are just filled with a whole bunch of really good things and they make us really busy. And sometimes in that busyness, we don't hear. We just don't hear. We don't take time to hear. Or 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 your voice is, is drowned out by the voices and the noises of the world. And this week, Lord, I pray I pray you'd give us the gift of helping all of us just really think about our ongoing relationship with you. How we try to pay attention to those times where we, we just hear you speak. Lord, I pray for the gift for every person in this place that as we hear you speak, that we would boldly follow. We would do whatever that is. And we'd be amazed. We'd be going, oh my goodness, God, the creator of the universe talked to me. He used me. He used me to help somebody in need. He used me to encourage somebody that was down. He used me to, 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 uh, to uh, bring somebody back to you. And we'd be amazed at how good you are. Well, friends, as we're praying this morning, our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed just because I want a private moment. Maybe you're here today, and that first verse I read talked about this, that those who know Jesus hear his voice. Those who don't know him don't know his voice. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know what, Pastor Mark, I'm not really in a real relationship with Jesus. I don't really know Jesus as my own Lord and my own Savior. I can maybe believe that he's he's even the God of the world, but I don't think he's involved in my life. Maybe you've never said to Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be God in my life. I want you to be Lord in my life. From this day on, I want to follow you instead of just following my own path. I want to do what you say instead of what I say or what the world says. And something inside of you is saying that that you need this today. That's the Spirit of God that speaks. And He's pulling you to If you say, you know what, Jesus, today I want to say yes to you. I'm going to give you a chance to respond to what's going on inside of your soul right now. Here's I'm going to have you respond, and I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you because this is just about you and God. But I'm going to ask you, if you're saying you want to say yes to Jesus today, I want you to do something. I want you to just look right up at me and look me right in the eye. And I'm going to take a moment, and I'm just going to look at the whole sanctuary. Start over on my left. Just make sure you look me right in the eye. I'm not going to call you out, but I want you to give you a chance just to say yes. Okay. All right, just look me right in the eye. Okay. Anybody else? I want to invite us all to pray together this morning. Those who looked at me today, I want you just to pray along with this whole church family because because most everybody in here at one time recognized the day that the Bible would say they were lost spiritually and they needed to be found in Christ. They turned their life to. They looked to Jesus, and they said, "Jesus, help me." Somebody invite us all to pray a prayer, and if you if you you responded to, I want you to just to to pray this with us today. Mean it from your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I need you today. I need you every day. So today, I ask you, come into my life make me brand new. Wash away the garbage and fill me with your goodness. So Jesus, from this day, I want to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for welcoming me into your family. Friends, you prayed that prayer today and you meant it from your heart. There's nothing magical about a prayer. It's all about a relationship with the living God who's present by the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Bible says, if you did this today, the Bible says there's literally a party going on in heaven because you did that. Isn't that cool? The Bible says that the angels rejoice when one person returns to the Lord. He says more than 99 who are already with him. So there's a party of angels are throwing a party right now. I'm not sure what they're, what they're doing, but maybe their confetti is wads of money. I don't know. They're having a party today. Second thing is this. It's, what you do is you're beginning a journey with Jesus. And you know you may be from this church. You may be from this area. I don't know. But I would just say this. We exist to try to help you. And so I would say, if you said yes to Jesus today, there's two things I'd like you to do. The first thing is I'd encourage you to tell somebody said yes to jesus it's going to cement it into your heart and it's going to kind of give them permission to say okay let's walk this journey together so tell somebody that you know is a christ follower that you said yes to jesus the second thing is i invite you to do this if you want is earlier it was mentioned called our follow area off the sanctuary and off to the left uh, there's a little we kind of, a nook we don't have a name for it. a little nook that's over there it used to be a coat rack <laughs> area one time um, and there's people over there and it says follow and they would love, those people and there would love to talk to you. They'd love to give you some material. They'd give you some, a booklet that will show you how to begin your journey with Jesus. They could try to answer questions and hook you up even with people that could even walk through um, follow material with you. And so uh, we're really, really excited.